Uh, just excited this morning to take a few minutes and share with you. We had a lot going, and I was aware of that before, so we will, we will definitely redeem the time that we have. I've I got to just stop, though, and say quickly that last week was an incredible blessing. Just an incredible blessing. Uh, this Sunday, last Sunday, with Tulio and Tammy Sharon. Oh, my goodness. That was incredible. Uh, yeah, come on, back a brother up. I see it in your faces, but she can't see your faces, okay? And I know it was just Jesus. I, I, I mean, we all know that. We know God just used them, but I'm just saying that word, man, that word about proclamation. And I am, I am not on any level thinking that God was for Tammy being in the hospital at Christmas, but I am sure that that word was for last week. So he redeemed that. That's what he does to the devil. So the devil caused this problem, and God just redeemed that. And the word last week... And this, just the story about Liam and just knowing the love of the Father and how that releases the Son to live in His destiny and overcome fear. And if you weren't here and you didn't get to hear that, I am going to make a shameless plug. You go to the website, dpnrv.org, and listen to the, the podcast from last week's Word because God really spoke in that. And and honestly, it was a lot like what we just uh, heard in the Jonathan David Helser song. I'll make another quick plug, because if you've never heard that song, or you've missed it, or you've wondered who does it, uh, it's Jonathan David Helser, and you can download it on iTunes. And I'd encourage you to do that, because the enemy wants to silence the church. Come on. I mean, that's a lot of what they were sharing last week, but but we have a voice. We God gave it to us. It's His gift to us. The word that God speaks to us is a gift to us that we are to then re-gift. Come on. I mean, we are meant to re-gift the truth that God sows into us, the grace that God has given us. We're not just, we, it's, it's a crazy thing too because when you give it away, you still get to keep it too. It's, it's an awesome and incredible concept. It's, it's like the, the, the bit at the bottom of the barrel that never ran out as long as the, the widow was cooking for the prophet. It, it's, it's that. It, and in fact, we are literally, we know this, I don't want to get too messed up in this metaphor, but when we go silent, we're in danger, I think, of ceasing to hear. And I'm going to show you some scripture to that effect in a minute. And I think really what I mean by that is this. That's really a reversed way to say that and, and not exactly accurate. Because here's the truth, that when God is speaking into you, I just don't think it's possible to be silent. Here's what I mean by that, is that, that the, the prophet, he said, it is like a fire. Come on. Shut up in my bones. Now I don't even know what that looks like. How can you shut a fire up in your bones, man? I had a fire in the fireplace this morning at 5 a.m. And, and it was hot. I mean, it, I had a rip-roaring fire going, and I was like... I can't believe how hot it's getting in here. I built it too big, Haley. I did. I got a little carried away, and it was massive. And But when, you know, it is, it is as John Wesley said, if you catch on fire, the world will come watch you burn. I'm saying that when, when you connect with God and God connects with you, you will become what they said last week, a proclamation. And it was interesting to me, too, because this morning, just in the worship set, and I wish I had a better memory, honestly, because I'd like to remember every song that they did, because it... It was divinely designed this morning, this set, because a lot of the songs were about that very thing, that proclamation. I don't know if you noticed, but, but those were songs that we, before the last song, we were making declarations about a, a life that happens in us, but also happens through us. There were declarations about a life of praise. And so I wanted to follow last week's word with this word, and, and I think we're kind of coming to um, an end of, of a bit of an introduction to 2012 because we've now made our way to the beginning of February. We're, we're out of that first month and, and God's going to continue to speak to us. But I feel like this is almost like one last word of sort of setting up 2012. And, and I want to share this morning with you just a word titled Living a Life of Worship, which is really, again, just a follow-up to last week. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28. The writer wrote, Therefore let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken and thus let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and all. We worship like crazy up in this place. Maybe you're relatively new to dwelling place, or maybe you've been here for a while, and you've sort of never really completely adjusted to the, the way that worship happens here. Many of you have. You've developed a, a level of, um, I, I don't want to say comfort, but, but you've found a place to operate in what may have been different for you. Maybe it's still different for you. But I told someone this week, I had an opportunity, I was chatting to someone, 
and they said to me, uh, yeah, I've been, my husband and I have been looking for a church, and she said, he's from a Pentecostal background, and I grew up in a Baptist environment, but honestly, we've, and they clearly been married for several years, they had, I think one of their children was 12 years old, and this person said to me, we've never really found a church that we could be in, and I said, well, honestly, it's pretty likely that the first time you come to Dwelling Place, you'll be thinking, what is going on here? But I said, all I would ask you to do is take time to build relationship with people. And then the expressions of worship will become undeniably real to you. And and I think that that happens to you. You come here and you think, man, what, I don't know about all that. But then you're like, but but, you know, they're, they're, they're just real people connecting with the real God. They're experiencing the power of His presence. The manifestations of God that happen when we, when we can, I mean, the eternal concept should connect us with the reality that worship is not going to be uh, of this, this sterile, controllable thing, but it is, as again the prophet said, like a fire. God, that the living God is communicating something to us. How are you going to try to control that? How unsensible. You want to talk about unsensible, that's unsensible to me. And yet we know, again, that that can be expressed in lots of ways. It can be sitting in your chair contemplatively considering what God is saying, and He may blow your pencil out of your hand. It's his prerogative to do that. What happened to that? Get up, boy. Okay. Hallelujah. And it may be at times you think you're going to dance and the next thing you know, you're on your face before God. And it's whatever God wants to be. But, but what I wanted to say this morning is as awesome as that is, it is so much more than that. Psalm 29, 2. The psalmist said, Ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name. I would just submit to you that that is one of those statements in the Word that is all but impossible. Strictly and clearly only possible by the grace of God. Because if God don't cover that, how can we do that? How can we possibly ascribe to the Lord the glory do His name? We can cover it in grace because God takes our effort and makes it more than enough. Worship the Lord in holy array. Or as Isaiah wrote in Isaiah 62 verses 1 through 3, For Zion's sake I will not keep silent. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not be quiet until her righteousness goes forth like brightness and her salvation like a torch that is burning. The nations will see your righteousness and all the kings your glory. And you will be called a new name, which the mouth of the Lord will designate. Now he's talking about, he's talking about the, the children of Israel. He's talking about the people of God. We, we qualify. And he says, you will also be a crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord and a royal diadem. In the hand of your God. He's saying. The prophet is saying that I will not keep silent. And when you walk in a revelation of who you're made to be. When you live your life out loud. Then guess who gets the glory. He said you'll be like a royal diadem in the hand of your God. A diadem is just. It, it's the it's the sort of um, on the go crown. You know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't the big crown that the king would wear when he sat on his throne, but it was the incredibly impressive band that he would put on when he was doing stuff. Cause he... And, and that's who we are. We are the on the go glory of God. We are an expression of who he is that points back to him. I like that. I want to be a royal diadem that gives him glory. Not only do we worship, but here's what I believe that scripture says. You will be worshipped to your God. Not only do we worship God, but we are worshipped. Still lots of things, though, certainly compete, right? Isn't that true? For our attention or our worship, we could even say. I mean, that's no surprise there. I mean, even the devil was, he, he attempted, or should we say he tried to tempt Jesus to worship him instead of God. I mean, instead of his very own father. He says this, in, he wanted to take him away from his destiny, Luke 4, 5 through 8. And he led him, he meaning the enemy, led him, meaning Jesus, up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, Jesus, I will give you all this domain in its glory, for it has been handed over to me, and I will give it to whomever I wish. Pardon me for saying so, but that's not so disfamiliar. He's still saying this. He's still using the same lie. He still tells the same story. He says it to us all the time. Hey, you know, you'll just put your attention here. 
If you'll just focus on this, if you'll just care more about that, then you're going to have all this stuff. All these things are going to work for you. Maybe he's more subtle than he was with Jesus. Maybe sometimes he isn't. He said, therefore, again, the devil speaking, if you worship before me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered him, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. That's still the right answer, church. Jesus said, no, no. And he wasn't just talking about worshiping in a worship set, which again, I am highly in favor of. Right, but he was talking about a life of worship. What he quoted literally comes originally from Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 6, 13 and 14. You shall fear only the Lord your God. The same, the same uh, scripture here that Jesus translates, and you shall worship him and swear by his name. You shall not follow other gods, any of the gods of the people who surround you. Or Samuel, 1 Samuel 7 and 3. Then Samuel spoke to all the house of Israel, saying, If you return to the Lord with all your heart, remove the foreign gods and the Ashtoreth from among you, and direct your hearts to the Lord and serve him only. He will deliver you from the hand of the Philistine. But he said, look, you, you've got to choose to put away the other gods. This, this Ashtoreth was, that was almost, a, it was like uh, the Phoenicians considered Ashtoreth the feminine sun god. So that the Baal was the, their primary deity was considered the sun god. And this, I don't know if Ashtoreth was his wife or whatnot, I'm being facetious, but was the feminine uh, sun god for the Phoenicians. And somehow, here's my point, that seems so silly. But here the people of God had started to worship this Phoenician God. Seems silly, only it's not so much of a stretch to say. I didn't come to preach hard today, but I'm just saying. I look into my own life and I see at times that there are, there are idols. Things that have set themselves up above God in my life. And I'm like, whoa, we got to tear that down. And there's, there's grace for that won't happen without grace. We'll be stuck in our flesh if we don't look into the eyes of Christ, right? The spirit of life in Christ Jesus. But when we do that, we can be free. That's what we just sang and, and proclaimed even in the song. That was a part of the dance. Living a life of worship is, is key then. And we can say that. That living that life of worship where, where our focus is on God is key to unlocking our destiny, but not just to unlocking our destiny. But it's key to unlocking the destiny of, in our case, the New River Valley. And beyond. It's key. We were made to be worshipers, to live a life of worship. And when the world sees that, who gets the glory? Doesn't mean that we need to go to Walmart and sing a song. Not completely opposed to that. And I have occasionally done that. It's okay to sing songs in public. I want to sing, Yes, Jesus Loves Me, to Gene Simmons. You've got to be creative to get the word of the Lord out in an elevator. It, you don't have much time. you just got to cut to the chase. If you get a chance to ride an elevator with Gene Simmons, I was like, what should I do? Yes, Jesus loves me. I mean, he was a singer. I figured he would appreciate it. But that's not really what I'm... That's a true story, but I'm not making that up. True story. But I am saying... I'm saying that I'm not talking about just the songs that we sing, but hear me, and I know you hear me. Come on, don't you? The lives that we live, the way that we live and interact in our in our world. And and again, there's there's grace for that. We're meant to live a life of worship that brings glory to God. That reveals who He is. And I am talking about what happens beyond the walls of the church. Romans 12.1 Therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, Without them, this wouldn't be possible to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual uh, act or service of worship. So just a few quick biblical perspectives about living a life of worship, um, to live a life of worship. And I'm going to give you three, but I think it's really important. And I'm going to run through these quickly, but I think it's really important to note that these are not, I often say this is not an all-inclusive list. I don't think that that's necessarily true today. In fact, what I would say to you is this isn't really a list. But I think these are three parts of a whole. So I don't think that you pull one out from the other. Okay, the, I think it, almost like a pie. I felt like the Lord almost gave me a vision, but even maybe even more of a sphere because it's multidimensional. But first, and Tammy shared this last week, if we would live, uh, if we would be a living proclamation of who God is, if we would, if we would, as you know, and the cool thing about the gospel, but if we would live out the gospel in our world, is that the gospel both 
commands us to go, and simultaneously gives us the grace to go. Isn't that good news? I often hear quote um, John Bunyan, who said, uh, he said, of the law and grace. I shared this when, when Rick and I uh, were sharing last year about uh, law and grace. But he said, "Run, John, run the law demands, but gives me neither uh, feet nor hands. Better news the gospel brings, it bids me fly, gives me wings. So not only does the gospel call us to go, but it gives us the grace to go, go into all the world, etc., etc. And lo, I am with you always. The first key, I believe, really, to live a life of worship is to choose to be with. I think the first most significant way that we worship God is by choosing to be with God. It's just choosing God every day, just choosing God. I want to be with you today. Lord, I value you above all the rest of this. The conversation isn't a conversation about you. It is a conversation with you. God, I I want to live that interaction. Psalmist wrote in Psalm 100, 2 through 5, Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who has made us and not we ourselves. Now, here we go. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful to Him and bless His name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And His truth endures to all generations. So much of that was beyond. But hear the rest of this. Psalm 140, 13. Surely the righteous will give thanks to your name. The upright. Hear what this says. Doesn't even... It, it's a continuance of Psalm 100. He says this. The upright will dwell in your presence. I'm just saying that that church is not meant to be a Sunday sabbatical from the real world. But that the upright dwell seven days a week in His presence. That's what it means to live a life of worship. I'm not saying we always hit that again. Thank God for grace. It casts a big net. Hello? Easily distracted. (laughs) Okay? Nonlinear thinker, right here. <laughs> but still, by grace, capable of choosing God. Come on. Praying those prayers. God, keep me attentive today. I say this often. You may, I pray this prayer. Maybe this will seem silly and unnecessary to you, but it's not for me. I say, God, today, consecrate my attention so that I can keep it on you. If it's not necessary for you to pray that prayer, good for you. But for me, that's a necessary prayer. But it is still one I choose to pray. God's faithful to answer that prayer. He don't want me to miss him. It's funny, you know. I and he, we, I spoke at IV, uh, Chris, right? Not Jake. I spoke at IV this week, uh, Friday, right? And and it was about signs. Uh, they're they're doing a series on signs, and so I got to share a bit about that and. I failed even to mention one of the greatest signs, which was the rainbow, right, that Noah saw. was a sign from God. We were talking about signs of Jesus specifically made manifest in Galilee. But um, you saw that rainbow this week, right? Oh, my goodness. That was a serious rainbow this week that set itself over the New River Valley. Every morning I get up, and the first thing I do when I get out of bed is I go look out the window. Our bedroom is on the second floor, and it looks out over a 50-acre meadow. And, and if you get up just about daybreak, there's usually some deer out there. There's a couple of big ones that like to walk across there. So I'm just, and I don't, most mornings I don't get to see them, but I'm always looking. I'll pop that shade open, and there was a rainbow that went from this hill, dropped down in the valley, and you could see through the colors of the rainbow. I mean, that it was hidden right there. Man, I grabbed the camera and ran outside. I barely got pants on, so I don't want anybody to freak out. But my, it was cold, too. I was barefoot. I didn't have a shirt on. People were going, what? Oh, I saw several people look at me like, what is going on with him? I'm running across the yard with the camera. What's he doing? I wanted a picture of that. And the faithfulness of God to drop a sign. And I'm saying to you that they may not all be that spectacular, but that if you will choose to be with God, you will see him all day long. And we said on Friday, the most significant sign is the voice of God. Just when he's, That's the most significant sign. When God chooses to speak to us, when God chooses to speak 
to me, that, that, that He is with us, that we are with Him. Last week, Tammy talked about the power of the encounter, and she used the example at the woman of the well, and when she was with Him, when she encountered Him, she just wasn't the same anymore, undeniably different. Something else about an encounter. I wrote in my notes when you were preaching, the last thing I put was, you said they were uh, unexpected, and there were several other things, and at the end I wrote, undeniable. Because when you are with Him, it is undeniable. No. It, it, it may not necessarily be that all of a sudden you, you're the happiest person ever. You may be walking through hell, but you will know you are not alone. when you Because He will never leave you. So when you choose to be with, and your life in that, no matter what you walk through, will become a life of worship because you are with God. His glory will be made manifest in you. James 4.8 said, draw near to God and He will draw near to you. Maybe you, you think that I'm, saying, I'm talking about a devotional life or time that you set aside for God, which I am again highly in favor of, and I think it would be ridiculous for sons and daughters not to want to set aside specific time for Dad. But I will, and, and if you're too busy for that, you're too busy. If I'm too busy for that, I'm too busy. Meaning I have to get less busy. However, I'm, I'm talking about something even more and deeper than that. Again, I'm talking about consistently, continually choosing His presence, which will change you. It honestly will even manifest itself in what you choose to do and not to do. Some things that you used to debate and argue about, you won't care about anymore because you're with God. I used to really... What was that I used to really struggle with? I don't know, because you, your focus is on what matters most. You don't have to wear a bracelet that says, what would Jesus do? You're with Him. What is Jesus doing? I'm not against the bracelets, by the way. I'm saying, we can choose that. This isn't history. Not even just future. John 15, 1 through 8, Jesus said, I am the vine, the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He who cuts every branch, cuts off every branch of me that, that bears no fruit. While each and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will ha have even or be even more fruitful. I told you I went to the optometrist this week. This is going to get better. I'm serious. <laughs> you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I also remain in you. No branch can b bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit. Are you hearing what I'm reading? I'm reading it kind of fast. I don't want to do that. The only way to bear fruit is to be connected, right? The branch to the vine. I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you remain in me, big little word, right? If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Not you might bear much fruit or it's possible theoretically that you could bear fruit, but you will. What? The fruit of the Spirit, right? Peace, joy, love, kindness, patience, gentleness. Bam. Boy, don't you want that even in your own life? Abide. I could keep reading. I, on my first trip to uh, South Africa after the accident, and I, uh, I know you'll find this hard to believe, but I don't always mo make the most practical or intelligent choices. Um, <laughs> go figure. Um, I have to overcome quite a bit to be able to make decisions that are that um, necessarily questionable, too, because my wife is very practical. <laughs> So you can only imagine some of the conversations. But I was still significantly injured in walking on a cane the first time I went to southern Africa. And I was just bowing up on it. You know, I was I had to cancel one trip and I wasn't going to cancel the next one. And I went and I was preaching. I was doing stuff. And, and I'll be honest, there was power in it. It's, it's pretty powerful to hear someone tell that story about getting hit by a truck and how God came through. And he still, he looks terrible and he's still walking with a cane. But I was, I'll be honest, it was the hardest. I was dying. Not only was I struggling physically, but to be honest, I was struggling spiritually. I never missed Karen like that before, ever. I don't know if it was because I, I didn't realize maybe some of the hurt that was in me because I actually almost died and some of the shock of what that was like. And I, I remember specifically speaking at a church in Cape Town, and I'm telling you, it was it was massive. They they advertised, come here, man who got hit by a truck, live to tell. You know what I mean? It was 
And that church was packed and people came to Jesus and it was strong. I mean, I could feel the Holy Spirit in it. And afterward, I went upstairs and I sat in the shower for two hours and cried. Because I had been failing to abide. I was working in the Lord's kitchen and I wasn't getting anything to eat. That's crazy. To live a life of worship, you've got to be. To be with. The second one is you need to walk with, right? And you can do that. Uh, not again, not this is not so much a one, two, three as it is three parts that make a whole. Be with, walk with. These are similar, if almost not completely the same. But allow me to add dimension to this concept and say Genesis 3 8, and they heard, they being Adam and Eve, the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Understand this that we were, the original plan here was for us to literally walk with God. That was messed up by the fall. Sin separated us. But guess who came? Thank you. So we could walk with the Father again. Micah 6, 8. He has told you, O man, what is good? And what does the Lord require of you? So simple. But do justice, to love kindness, and to walk. Isn't that crazy? To walk humbly with your God. That, that we can, even now, in this world, maybe we don't see Him face to face. Maybe you have. But, Laura, we can walk. We can be with God and we can walk with God. And when we do, we naturally, shall we say supernaturally, naturally live a life of worship that gives glory back to God. Colossians 2, 6, Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, walk in Him. And walking with God changes everything. It just changes everything. It changes the way that I mean, for me, lately, it changes the way Panera looks. You know? I mean, I'll be honest. I don't want to offend anyone. I don't like Panera that much. Truthfully, their uh, lattes weren't my favorite. I'm a latte guy. And there's a whole lot of carbohydrates there. <laughs> expensive. It's an expensive way for me to be chunky. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and I don't even... I want more. I, I eat. I want more. And and I get assigned to places though. When you walk with God, you get assigned to places, and they and it just changes everything. I'll go through. I was in seasons where I was at this coffee shop, and then I had a season, and I'll think I'll come back to it, Rick. I was dragging Rick every week. Let's go sit outside at Starbucks and see what divine appointments await us. And we had several, and and we were bulling bones in it for a while, which is not a bad plan. That chili's nice. I'm not doing advertisements for restaurants, but every time I take Rick in there, we can hardly talk because there was one or two servers in there we had assignments with. We were on assignment. It just looks different. Well, that's you and Rick. That's us. Lately, it's been Panera's. It's been Panera so much lately. I shared on Friday. I walked Friday. I said I had the optometry appointment, so I didn't get there till 11. And the lady literally said, when I walked in, she said, you're late. I'm not making this up. It used to be Joe's Diner, you know, seven or eight years ago. But, but it's, it's just, it doesn't matter where you, it's, it's different because you, when you walk with God, you see things differently. You hear things differently. Even when someone isn't so nice to you, that's different too. The way that you react or maybe that you don't. Just walking with God changes everything. Isaiah 2, 5. Come, descendants of Jacob. Let us walk in the light of the Lord. Because that's the kicker. Because when you walk with God, the lights get turned on. It's just different. Jesus said it, right? Didn't he? It's different in a classroom. It's just different. Jesus said it in John 8, 12. I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never, he used such definitive words, walk in darkness. But we'll have light for life. I'll finish. Part three. I don't know. I just still, I'm struggling with how to say this because this is all the same. I'm just saying it somewhat differently. And this may take you back, aback for a second. But to be with God, to walk with God, and to work with God. That's right, to work with God. We don't 
work for God. I've heard that. I've seen stickers on the back of vehicles that says, my boss is a Jewish carpenter. Well, I mean, that's cool. I'm not offended by that, honestly. I mean, he, Jesus is Lord, but it isn't like that with him. For us, with him, is it's not that we work for in the way that we think work for, but that we work with. And in fact, I would say in a Christian company, that's how it's supposed to work too, right? But because Jesus gave us some definition about what that looked like. But first, in 1 Corinthians 3, 9, Paul said it this way. He wasn't ashamed to say it. He said, we are God's fellow workers. That was his introduction. Or in 2 Corinthians 6, 1, he said in the middle of a sentence, and as God's fellow workers, in Luke 10, 2, Jesus told the disciples just before he sent them out, he said, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers, are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. I'm telling you, when you when when we live a life of worship and to live a life of worship is is to be with God and 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 in being with God to walk with God and and to walk with God to co labor with God in his vineyard. And that's a good thing. To know that we're that life is it means something First and foremost, because we get to know God. Really? But in knowing God, we get to make Him known. I mean, I know you know that you knew that I'm walking with God, but you still prayed for me when I came to your office. That's, that's what I'm calling a, a crack-a-lacking doctor visit right there. And it wasn't kind of prayer either, it was real deal prayer. And I trust that even when maybe patients don't say it's okay to pray, you pray anyway. Probably just not in quite the same way. Because we're co-laborers with Him. And I think it's a good gig. This week, again, <laughs> just uh, several opportunities just, just to be with. I often go wherever I'm going early so I can sit for a few minutes with. Kind of get the lay of the land. You know, I don't want to say I'm trying to be Jason Bourne of the spirit world, but I want to know what's going on. You know, I don't know how I know, but I just know, you know, and I think, and I'm just, you know, I'm saying, God, I want to be attentive right here and I want to see. And then you're in that place and and you ask a question or give a thought. I, this was bizarre, but because Isaac's Jeep is broken, we're looking for another vehicle now and he's getting pretty close to graduating and whatnot. And so from college... So we were looking, and I went into this one place and chatted to the guy for a little bit. And I mean, you know, I'm trying to get a good deal and whatnot, but I wanted to really be a, yeah, I am who I am, wherever I am. And so I was thinking, and uh, we, I was looking at a Pontiac, and I said to the guy, I said, you know, um, yeah, my wife's got a Chevrolet, I got a Silverado, but I just pulled up in a Ford Expedition because BJ had swapped rides with me. And so... I said, I know I'm driving an expedition, but I'm driving the expedition because our, I swap vehicles with the worship leader at our church. And then three or four minutes into that conversation, we were having a serious guy conversation. He said, well, but I don't do small talk. Oh, wait a minute. Talking about God is never small talk. Just say it. I'm trying to throw anything on you, but I'm just saying it. Looking for a place to interject some Jesus. That's not small talk. I I didn't even have time to tell you where that conversation went, but it went it went to a God place. I'll promise you that. Second Corinthians five twenty. I'm going to finish. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were making His appeal through us. We beg you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. I'm telling you that word last week that you and Tulio shared. It rocked my world. I, you know, I already want to live life as a proclaimer, but I'm the, this week I was more on point than I've been in a minute because that word was truth, and it spoke to me. The Word of God, I'll just give you one more scripture. Mark chapter 4, verse 21 says this, And he said to them, Do you bring in a lamp to put it under a bowl or a bed? Instead, don't you put it on a stand? Whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed, and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Consider carefully what you hear. He continued, with the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and even more. 
That's the concept of regifting and then still not being able to give it completely away. Whoever has will be given more, and whoever does not will from him it will even be taken away. And then he also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground night and day. Whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows. Though he does not know how, all by itself it produces grain. First the stalk and then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. This is what living a life of worship looks like. This is how the kingdom of God is built. He goes on, and I'm almost finished in verse 30. Yeah, verse 30, and says, What shall we say then the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? He said, It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest seed you plant in the ground. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that birds of the air can perch in its shape. That's what happens. When we live out our destiny, when we live a life of worship, I was sitting with Nick Vitelli, Appenair, uh, just a little over a week ago, and it was it was a cool conversation. Nick, we were just chatting actually about this very thing. Oddly enough, just about talking to people and sharing with people and connecting with people. And at the point, just before we had even gotten into that part of the conversation, um, this lady had walked by where we were sitting. This lady just walked by, and she had anguish on her face. And I'm going to be honest, I miss a lot of stuff, by the way. But the Lord made her obvious, Craig. He made her obvious to me. But we kept talking. I kind of looked over my shoulder because she seemed really upset. She had a pair of sunglasses in her hand, and she was carrying her stuff in the other, and she just, she wasn't crying or anything, but there was just anguish in her face. And I started to pray for her. God, I just, I don't know what you're doing or what her hurt is, but God, I just want to lift her. And I just kind of was praying, and I'm still talking to Nick. I hoped I didn't look distracted, and we kept talking. And, and then he asked that question, and I said, well, to be honest, Nick, I miss a lot of stuff, but I do pray. I say, God, help me. Help me to be attentive. Help me to notice. God, show me what you're doing and how I can be a part of it. And I said, a lady walked by a minute ago. I don't know if you noticed. But she just had anguish on her face. And I said, she's sitting by the window. And I bet if you look there now, you'll see that she's wearing sunglasses. Because she had them in her hand. And I think she was about to cry. And he said, she is. She's wearing sunglasses. And a tear was cheating and coming down her face. And he said, what do you do now? Spare question. I said, I pray that Kathy Tangalakis walks in. It's a true story. That's exactly what I said. I didn't stop there. I said, or Laura Dean. Because you both come there. I get in the sea there. I was like, I pray. That's the first thing I do is I pray that one of them walks in. <laughs> I said, but then I, I say to you, hey, Nick, let's pray for her. So we did. I said, Lord, and if there's something we can do, besides what we are doing, then show us that too. When we finished our conversation, it was really good. The lady was still sitting there. Nick went that way, put stuff away, and I went this way. And I, I just walked over to her and I said, ma'am, um, I just wanted to let you know that I was praying for you. And she looked at me somewhat pensively. She said, uh, well, I appreciate that. Everybody needs prayer. I said, yes, ma'am, that sure is the truth. A lot of people pray for me. I really appreciate it. Definitely love people to pray. I said, but I really felt like there was something specific going on with you today. And I mean, she had sort of sorted it out, but now it's becoming unsorted again. And um, she said, I'm going through a very difficult personal uh, situation right now. I said, well, and I'm going to pray specifically for you as I leave about that. I said, but I think the bigger message here is that today God just wanted you to know it was funny, too, because I didn't know I was going to be speaking that uh, ID on Friday about signs. But I said, I think God just wanted to give you a sign. He wanted you to see. He wanted you to know that he loves you. And he's not disconnected or disengaged from your situation, even though maybe you feel like, you know, where's God in this? I think the Father just wanted you to know that he saw you. So much so that he told a random stranger. But not really. He told a son. Say, pay attention to that lady. But she's hurting, and I'd like her to know today that I love her. So could you tell her for me? 
because that's, man, I'm telling you, I love it. Hallelujah. You know, I love it. I love it here. I love, I love it here. I was built for this. I use a little extra help right now so I can do it more the way I like. And healing and whatnot. But not as much as I was made for that. And in fact, the more that God lets me be a part of that, and the more that I choose it, the more I love to be here doing this. I submit to you today, church, and I'll close, that we were made to live a life of worship. I will. Statement of faith, by grace. Not, not be silent. God, as we leave this place today, help us live lives of worship that give glory. Lord, as Isaiah wrote of the children of Israel, Lord, we've been grafted in, God. Lord, let us be a royal diadem that brings glory to you, Jesus. I know it will totally be grace. I know grace is exactly what we have for this walk, for this life. In Jesus' name, amen. I've lost my guitarist. Honestly, I wanted the dance team back, but I'll have to work on that for the second service. Didn't mean to cheat you. Just pretend you got to see it twice. But if I could get some elders to come to my left here, could you guys come? I want us to pray for the sick today. And I'll say to you too, maybe you're here this morning and you're just saying, Ron, I want I want to walk in the favor of the Lord in my world. I, I want to share. I, I don't want to be silent. I want my voice. And listen, it's, you know what I say often here, your walk talks and your talk talks, but your walk talks louder than your talk talks. It's more than just saying words. It's living life, and that is a bit of the point. But Tammy, could you come? Mitch, could you be here? And I want you to know today that we pray together that God, that we would walk in the fullness of God's grace. So maybe today you would just say, I feel like my voice has kind of been robbed or maybe even on some other level I've just been silent. Maybe we on some level silenced ourselves. It, it doesn't matter. You know, my fault, your fault, nobody's fault. If today we stand in the grace that God's got for us, we can be a proclamation of the grace and goodness of God. And I find when someone walks in that, it's not like we, we don't do this. We don't say, I got my life together. Yeah, I just wanted you to know I got my life together and I'm living right now. It's, it's not, we don't use those personal pronouns. We say the grace of God is so ridiculous. And His love is so amazing. And that's the testimony of the Lord. So if you want that in your life, maybe you just say, I just wish someone would pray for me. I'm actually in a pretty... You know, maybe in a hectic situation right now where I have a great opportunity, but just to pray with me that I'll walk, you know, without fear in the love of the Lord to live my life out loud. If that's you today, I'm going to give you an opportunity. Will you bow your heads with me just quickly? And if that's you this morning, will you, uh, will you just uh, maybe slip a hand? I'm going to ask you to come to the front too, but in the event that maybe you're not able to do that, I want to make sure I get to pray with you either way this morning. You would just say, I want to live my life out loud. I've been challenged to do that, but I want to step into that. Yeah, anyone else? There's several hands going up. I'm just trying to look from left to right. There's half a dozen and then significantly more than that popping up. And then if you're here this morning and you would just say just on a really quickly on a different note, uh, and Mitch, if you need to grab that mic or anything, you go for it. But if you're here this morning and you just you would say uh, even somewhat other than the word that you spoke this morning, I feel like that this was necessary. I'm going through a tough time today. I want you to know that as your family, we're here to pray with and for you. So if you would just say this morning, I'm just going through a tough, tough spot right now. I don't know what that might mean, physically, financially, whatever it is. I want to make sure we're able to pray for you before you get out of here. Could you just flip up your hand really quickly? Going through a tough spot. Three, four hands. Appreciate that. Appreciate that honesty. Well, could you stand with me? And then when I release you, I'm going to ask you if you want someone to pray with you for healing or if you want someone to pray for for you and just using and walking in the fullness of your voice, then I'm going to ask you at that point to come here. But could you just do this with me? I think this is a bit of a first service thing for me. I like doing this. But could you take the hand of your neighbor this morning? Rick, would you come here? Sorry, man. I know I'm throwing you on the spot. I think this is your prayer to pray. And in that place, they started to uh, worship and praise to God. And I, and I just, as Ron was speaking this morning, I 
heard the Lord say, and there's a choice in the midst of that, that obstacle, that adversity, that we make a choice to go, all right, God, man, I was declaring your goodness. Why did I get persecuted? Why did I get beaten with rods? Why did I get thrown in prison? Why, God? But in that place, Paul and Silas did not allow the circumstances they were facing to distract them from worshiping God because they knew that he's not the one who, they knew he was the safe place. And in that place, an interesting thing, you know the story, the earthquake occurs and the, the chains fell off of them. The jailer was about to commit suicide because he thought the prisoners had run off. And they hit me was, here Paul and Silas in the midst of adverse circumstance, they don't want to run from it. They worship the Lord in the midst of the circumstance. So much, going, we're not going to run from it, that a guy gets saved. Now, y'all, there's, there's, as Ron was speaking, I just heard the Lord saying there's circumstances that many of us in here are questioning, God, why are you doing this? We're just running from the circumstances. We're running from the tribulations and the trials of this world. And we're getting bitter in the midst of it, and it cuts off our voice of worship. And it makes us impotent, unfruitful. And God's saying, I'm the safe place, worship me. And that place is, is safety, and that place is power to break chains. In that place, there's nothing that can hold you back. And in that place is the place that changes other lives. And so I think there's a place in here of us repenting for allowing the adverse circumstances in our lives to become places of bitterness rather than places of worship. Not that we're worshiping God for the thing. In everything, give thanks for this is God's will for you. But, but worshiping God in the midst of those circumstances, knowing we are not of this world even as he is not of this world. So let's just come into that place. Lord, I just, uh, just stand in a gap for all of us, Lord, who have allowed the circumstances and the situations of this world to, the Lord, cause our hearts to become bitter and distracted. Lord, allowing those things in this world to dictate and to interpret who you are. And Lord, you say you're not of this world, even as we are not of this world. And Lord, forgive us for allowing it to interpret who you are. And Lord, we just want to come to you knowing you're the safe place. That you're the one who hides us in the secret place of your presence in the day of trouble. You're the one who hides us in the secret place of your presence from the conspiracies of men and from the strife of tongues. You're the one who led, it says that we who, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. For I will say to the Lord, my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For it is you who will deliver us from the snare of fowler and from the deadly pestilence. A thousand may fall at our right hand and ten thousand at the left. But no evil be with us because you are at our right hand. So Lord, forgive us. And Lord, in this place we want to live a life of praise and worship to you, Lord. In that place of just, Lord, not allowing the circumstances of this world, the ruler of this world, to dictate to us who we are and the, the focus and the intention and the affections of our hearts. Forgive us. And Lord, we want you. We want you, Lord. In that place, Lord, to worship you. Because you, you say you inhabit the praises of your people. You say those who worship you in spirit and in truth, those you that seek out. The eyes of the Lord roam to and fro throughout the earth that you may strongly support those whose hearts are completely yours. And so, Lord, I just speak a commissioning over our lives, Lord, an empowerment of hope within us. Lord, a hope which is an anchor of our souls. Lord, that it's firm and steadfast, that enters within the veil. That we cannot be shaken. And the enemy overplays his hands many times, Lord, in allowing, trying to rise up circumstances to shake us. But Lord, in that, you're going, rise up, my son, rise up, my daughter. In those places, you part the Red Seas, you roll stones away. In that places, you raise from the dead. 
And Lord, we pray that in this place healing may come, that this is a place of worship and praise to you, Lord. Lord, not in this building, just in this building, but in the restaurants, in the houses, in the grocery stores of, of every one of us, Lord, where we touch and we go. But Lord, we care and we bear the kingdom of God. Your rule, your reign in this place, Lord, to declare you are God and every circumstance must bow before who you are. You are exalted, Lord. We worship you, we praise you, we give thanks to you, O Lord. But Lord, I speak blessings, healing in the name of Jesus. I just hear a, a question coming through somebody's mind right now. Then I speak, why? Lord, you want to answer the questions. You want to heal the questions. I feel even as I'm speaking right now, it's just like somebody's heart has a knife stuck in it. It's wounded and hurt. The more I speak, the heart hurts. I just think, don't leave this place. second service that's powerful lord i just i kept hearing release the worshipers just let the worshipers be released and so but i i just agree with what rick said there's someone here with a hurt heart don't leave this place we'll be here to pray with you to pray for you sometimes maybe the words just don't come you need someone to pray for there'll be people rick will stay i think for a minute and we'll be here to pray um if you need healing for anything i want to encourage you just to step over here and let's believe what the bible says is so Lay hands on the sick. They shall recover. God, thank you, Lord. Uh, Lord, again, God, I just speak this, that the worshipers within us will be released in our world with that prayer that Rick prayed in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great week as you go.